every time you go and get back up, you're getting a little bit better. And that's kind of how it's been for us. I really, I don't use that fear as a crutch. I use it as a tool. You can use it as a crutch and you can play the blame game and you can blame other people, but our life is really our responsibility. And I wanted to see how far I could go. It hasn't been so much a progression as a, as a series of stumbles into things that came along. It scares me to even say this because it's uncomfortable sometimes. Find partners that are accountable, that they can hold you accountable. If you're not there, be willing to make the change to go do it. We're doing what it takes and, and others aren't. Hey, this is the Bring Your Own Awesome miniseries, where we talk to cool people who are doing awesome things. I'm Dan Walchmidt, fearless leader of the Edgy Empire, and with me is my co-conspirator, Brock. Yeah, I'm Brock Edwards, and on Bring Your Own Awesome, we interview members of the community. We have a no-holds-barred conversation about their battle for success. So if you want to achieve a new level of success, join us at www.edgy.life. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Dan Walshman here. Uh, I'm joined uh, with by with. Oh my goodness, twice now. I'm joined with my good partner, Brock Edwards. Hey, Brock. Hey, Dan. It's not like you're standing in windstorm there. You, you outside while you're recording this? Uh, I'm not outside, but but maybe there is a tornado. A tornado of awesomeness. I don't know. This may be one of those episodes again where uh, that led by Brock, uh, somewhat assisted by Dan. We'll, we'll, we'll see how your mic holds up. Uh, as you know, this is the Bring Your Own Awesome podcast where we bring uh, have discussions with people who are doing awesome things, lessons we can learn, help we can provide, and new ideas for how we can bring our own awesome to that next level. I'm excited uh, to, to meet a new friend uh, that, uh, that Brock has brought to the conversation today. So without further ado, Jeremy, uh, tell us who you are and what you do, brother. Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Jeremy Boyum, and I play in a band from Austin, Texas called Shadow of Wales, like the mammal, not the country. Um, and I play bass, and I do a lot of the marketing and social media and kind of sales aspect of the band uh, on the back end of that. Yeah, so I was telling Dan a, a little earlier, you know, one of the things, Jeremy, that, you know, you and I have spoke a couple times in person, one of the things that really impressed me about you is seeing you, well, my, my daughter and I go to a lot of shows together, we both really like music, and one day we, we were out in line in the Texas heat, waiting to see a show, waiting to get in even through security, there was a huge line, and, and here's Jeremy out there with a clipboard, and then he going up to people and just saying, hey, you know, I'm in a band. I've got an album I would love to give you and I'll do it in exchange for your email address. So, uh, Jeremy, tell us what so what inspired that? Because I didn't see any other bands out there that day doing that. Um, so what's kind of inspired that is uh, this, I guess, um, constantly uh, growing uh, learning aspects, I guess, or knowledge that I've gotten from a guy named uh, Rick Parker, who 
used to manage uh, Taylor Swift, if I'm not mistaken. I hope I'm not getting that completely, absolutely wrong. But uh, he and Taylor, when she was first starting out, she had a, a clear-cut goal of kind of where she wanted to be. And it was like a million sales or something like that on a record. And his advice to her and what they used going forward was if you want to sell a million records, then you need to meet a million people. So uh, so they started doing like more meet and greets. They started every time she was doing a show, she was going out and talking to people waiting outside, regardless of whether or not they were there for her or if they were there for the other bands or other artists. Um, and so she just, she went and she literally shook the hands of a million people. And a you know, big goal for us in Shadow of Wales is to eventually be to the point where, you know, we're uh, touring and uh, touring not just nationally, but internationally. And something that we have to do before we can do that is we've got to own Austin, Texas. We've got to own Texas. Um, and so we're just, I'm just trying to get through the meeting a million people as quickly as I can. And the best way to do that is going to concerts uh, where there's bands that are that sound like us, where fans that uh, might like us are going and saying, hey, I want to meet you. Let's start by, I'll show you some of my music and then we can start a dialogue and become friends. So, so I love the connection here because, you know, to me, I see a huge connection between, you know, being in a band and, and trying to start your own business and all the people that, that talk a good game, but you know, again, and I don't want to beat this to death, you know, I don't see them out in the Texas sun moving it forward. And and I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Jeremy, but you've got a little bit of competition if you want to be in a band in Austin, <laughs> That's Texas. True. That's true. <laughs> so, so, so what do you do to stand out? I mean, that you know, that's always a question, no matter what your business is, how do you stand out amongst the sea of all the other people that are trying to do the exact same thing? Um, well, uh, that's a good question, and I'm not sure that I have a solid answer for you. Um, we are out in the Texas sun talking to new people. That's um, You're right. I don't ever really see any other bands that are out there doing that same thing. And I don't know if it's because of a, uh, you know, they know something that I don't know. <laughs> like, like, I'm just doing it wrong. And they're like, what is that guy doing? It's never going anywhere. Uh, or if it's just... Um, you know, we're, we're doing what it takes and, and others aren't, you know, so I don't know. It's probably a little bit of both. <laughs> um, but I love that though. I mean, I love that. I mean, look, when, when I first started my newsletter, uh, I wrote a handwritten response to like the first thousand people who signed up and then I did it for the second thousand and then third thousand and 10,000 people. in, I stopped cause I couldn't anymore. They were signing up too fast, but yeah. When I hear, you know, in, in today's world of, you know, hit a button and get, you know, 10,000 people watching your YouTube videos or my son even said the other day, dad, have you ever thought about doing something crazy, like doing your edgy interviews while like skydiving or something? And I was like, Ooh, <laughs> let's get Brock in a wingsuit. I don't know. We'll do something. Oh man. But, I would, I would just not ever do that. <laughs> but what's just, interesting just, is in, in today's world of like you said a million fans yeah 
there are a lot of people who would be hiring social media experts. How do we get you on uh, Vivo or whatever the sound things are? How do we get you? And your strategy is how do I connect one-on-one with a million people and in the sun and grind it out? And I'm convinced I don't have a lot of proof to back it up right now that your, your current strategy is probably the one that's willing to work. Cause when I see people who uh, avoid doing the hard things, I see people who are eventually are failing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, my heroes are people like Rick Barker and people like Ari Herstands and, uh, and those that, um, when I've read interviews about them, they are talking about their early days and what they did. And, uh, you know, Ari Herstand was one who his goal was to sell out a show, which is kind of our what we feel like our first step is here in Austin, um, and what we're trying to do for our show on July fifth at Stubbs in Austin. Um, but he, you know, he would work with the other bands, even if it was like out of town. He would go to those towns like days early to put up flyers, posters, and he would just do the works and do kind of a similar kind of thing where he would just try and talk to as many people as possible about his music and about who he is. And, uh, and then eventually, you know, it just, it just happened. Those little, those little deposits every single day add up just like the gym. And, uh, you know, you've got to go, it can't, it can't just be one time that you go to the gym. It can't just be, you know, one week or two months. It's got to be incrementally, like just, you just got to keep going. So talk to me about the journey. Um, uh, Brock shared some videos with me uh, of you, and it looked like some of them were several years old. So how long mm. have you been at this? And talk to me about what you've, you know, there's a lot of people in our community who are starting things or have started things. I talked to a guy who's in our community who came to one of our events, Awesome Palooza, who said, I've been trying to do this business for seven years. And I was like, what? Talk to me a little bit about your journey, how long you've been doing it, what you've learned, and, and kind of where you're at now. So we've been a band in August. It'll be five years. Um, and uh, so we've, yeah, that's, I mean, that's how long we've been doing it. We started in a, a Josh's garage. Josh is our lead singer. And we've kind of gone from there. And I think that something, uh, something to note about uh, being an, an epic, awesome person, uh, I guess, is that, um, it's impossible. It's not impossible, but it's hard to be epically awesome 100% of the time. Um, and there's definitely been times where Shadow of Wales, we've been up and down and I've been up and down. And something that's been encouraging to me is, is seeing other people admit when, you know, it wasn't just like constant growth for them. They had like those plateaus and they went down where like maybe laziness got them, you know, just like the gym again, uh, that analogy where like you're going for a while and then you kind of fall off and then you go again and you kind of fall off. And it's just like uh, every time you go and get back up, you're getting a little bit better. And that's kind of how it's been for us. Like we've, you know, had these large pushes and then kind of things will get a little bit stagnant for a little while. And then, you know, we'll kind of regroup, make some new goals, and we'll go out again, and we'll get a little bit further every time we go out, and we'll get a little bit more stable, and we'll last a little bit, like our endurance will last a little bit longer, too, every time we forge a plan and, and go out there. And so that's, I don't know if that's why it's taken 
four or five years to get where we are, or if it's just, that's just how long it takes. Um, I was talking to, I went to San Francisco recently and I talked to uh, a metal band about how long they had been around and where they were in their careers. They were like nationally touring um, every year, twice, two or three times a year. They were, you know, going around the U S and doing these massive tours, but they had also been around for 10 years. And, um, his advice to me was like, uh, commonly, you know, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. It can take up to seven years for a band to get to a point where, you know, they're stable, they're good, they're going. And it's just, you know, constant growth from that point. And I don't know. I feel like it's kind of dangerous to chase numbers like that just because again, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, but it was like an eye opener to me. Like, no, okay. I'm here because I'm just not there yet, you know? Um, so I think that's, I don't know. I feel like that's a really important lesson just to know that it's really hard to be awesome 100% of the time. And sometimes part of being awesome is regrouping and just getting back up and going out there again. Uh, absolutely. And you, you bring up a great point and it's a common theme on this show. And my, my wife refers to it as the, the living the dream syndrome. <laughs> yeah, that's a great title. <laughs> And, you know, so my, my wife, for, for those that don't know, works with horses. Her whole life, her career has been in the horse industry. She trains horses. She competes. She trains riders. And that sounds amazing until it's like Christmas morning and you're knee deep in manure trying to get a horse to not die. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> yep. And, you know, that sounds awesome until, oh, yeah, it is the Texas sun for five months of the year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, you're outside all the time. And most of the time you don't want to be outside and you know we see this in, in businesses because you, you, you know like I, I always point to instagram or you know just the idea that you know you're an entrepreneur or i guess the, the the good good one to call yourself these days is founder you know you're the founder and uh that sounds amazing and it's shiny and it's happy and nothing bad ever happens and it's just you know constant growth from the moment you start the company and, you know, and, and so I, I kind of love the connection here to, you know, the rock and roll lifestyle, right? You know, because it's all good. There's there's no downside to it at all, right? Um, and, and I say that very facetiously. <laughs> so, so what is kind of the yeah, two-part question here? What is the reality that people don't see? Um, and how do you keep going through that? I think that the re the reality is that the blood, sweat, and tears is not the making the music part or even playing the shows part. That is the fantastic part of of the music career and connecting with people and and people being affected by your music in a positive way. That's that's like the best. That's just the most amazing part. There is. Just nothing better than being at a at a show where you've you know you've spent all that time collecting those pebbles, right? And then they all show up to your show, all of those little pebbles, and um, and you're playing a show, and you can just see it in their eyes, like that they love the music. And then they talk to you at the merch table, and they tell you like this song affected me, and so it's just a fantastic feeling. And for others, maybe it's just the feeling of being on stage and playing to people that know your music. That's awesome. That's not the blood, sweat, and tears part. And I think that a lot of people think that that is the hard work. The hard work is the behind-the-scenes stuff, where you're going out in the Texas sun, signing people up to your email list, or your 
going out every weekends to put up flyers and put up posters um, all around town. You're setting up social media ads. You're coming up with content to put on your social media just to keep your fans engaged. Um, you're all of that stuff that is a lot less intuitive and a, well, putting up flyers is intuitive, but it's uh, repetitive and it can get redundant and it can definitely start to feel like uh, that's not helping anything. Just like going to the gym the one time doesn't feel like it really helps anything other than get your muscles sore and dehydrated. Um, and that the reality is, is that all of that stuff, that hard work is what makes things happen. That hard work is, is what has gotten us here. Making the music and playing shows hasn't gotten us to where, you know, we are. And um, I think that that's kind of what a lot of people don't see. What a lot of people don't, what a lot of people see is Instagram being bought by Facebook. And a lot of people see this new band that they discovered on the radio and this new band that they saw playing Jimmy Kimmel, right? Um, that's what they see. They don't see the seven to 10 years beforehand where that band was not known by anybody and they had to find their own way and experiment with their own ideas on how to market their music and put up their own flyers and, you know, sell their own music by themselves. They don't see that part. And I think that the way to get through that, a lot of people say that, you know, they'll want, they want to be in a band and they want to do this. And then they'll say, well, I don't want to do that. And it's like, well, if you don't want to do that, then being in a band is a hobby and it's always going to be. Uh, so, the way to get through that really is to love music and playing music and being in a band so much that it just legitimately does not matter if you fail. If it matters if you fail, if it matters that you're not making money at it, then don't do it. If it doesn't matter, then you just keep going until it happens because if it uh, if it matters that much that you're going to fail, you're going to eventually quit. So love it. Love it. And uh, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, I feel like you're talking to me, right? I feel like people listening right now who aren't in a rock band or are not that gifted to be in a band, but <clears throat> who are going, I don't have results, but my muscles are tired and I feel dehydrated <clears throat> and I'm tired, right? And I'm fatigued and I'm cranky and I did all this stuff and, and I'm still not on Jimmy Kimmel, right? I'm still not playing. Right. I, I still don't have. 250,000 customers I've got two right and uh, so I, I think these lessons are are powerful how did you learn them because you're speaking a lot of wisdom here have you always had these ideas or did you did these ideas evolve did you wake up one day and go I need to change my mindset because a lot of what you're sharing here is mindset how did you come to these beliefs oh man um, well I have I've been very fortunate to have uh, supportive parents and and a supportive father who um, was kind of uh, passionate about um, being an entrepreneur and he's also you know always been supportive of music and and just whatever I've wanted to do which is awesome and I think that that is uh, definitely an advantage that I have uh, over a lot of people um, but also, I think that a lot of it inherently comes from being passionate about marketing and sales. Um, I've always been 
in the in the band aspect, even when I was in high school, I was in a band in high school, and I was always passionate about like, okay, well, how do we get on the newspaper? You know, how do we, you know, do this? How do we do that? And how do we sell ourselves to new venues and all that kind of stuff? I've just always been passionate about those two particular aspects when it comes to music and even more uh, particularly to bands. Um, and so that's really it, it easily led me to people like Zig Ziglar and people uh, like Tony Robbins and uh, just all of these speakers who are passionate about the philosophy of a positive mindset and how you kind of speak you know, positivity into your own life. And, um, and then specifically when it comes to marketing and sales, because obviously Zig Ziglar is a salesman, a very sa- a famous one, may he rest in peace. And, um, and he was, anytime that I've worked a, a sales job, like I worked a sales job with my uh, grandparents a very long time ago, and they recommended Zig Ziglar to me. And uh, that helps me through kind of being an outside salesman. Um, I currently work sales in my uh, daytime job. And uh, so all of the training kind of goes back to, you know, mindset and also just how to market yourself as a salesperson. Um, so all of that has kind of led me to to being who I am today. And then when it comes to Shadow of Wales, naturally, the first thing that uh, I started looking up was, you know, what are the music business podcasts that I can go and listen to the, the music business um, blogs and, and all of that stuff. And so that's led me to a lot of the same kind of resources like Zig Ziglar, but specifically, you know, music industry resources um, like the rockstar um, advocate and the rockstar branding podcast, the music business podcast, music biz weekly podcast. Ari Herstand uh, has a blog called Ari's take dot com, which I would highly recommend to anybody starting out to the, in the music industry. And so I'm just a part of these groups and these blogs and all of that stuff. And just over the course of four or five years, if you're reading that stuff and listening to this stuff, it's impossible not to pick some of this up. So, uh, you know, I, I love this because I, I don't, I guess I don't see that from other musicians. And I, I, I don't know that I, I see that always from people who are wanting to branch out into something else and do something different. And, you know, whether it's a side hustle or they want to transition out of their day job, you know, the the last time you and I spoke, actually, the, the last show I saw you guys play, you, you talked about, you know, but play, playing a gig, doing three sets and then driving home in the middle of the night, getting home at like three, four in the morning and then having to go into your day job. You know, you get like get like two hours of sleep and then, oh, have to be bright and shiny and positive and selling stuff to people because, you know, you've got a mortgage and a car payment and real life waiting for you off of the stage. So and, you know, and that's a level of commitment that that is hard to come up with. For, for most people looking to, to do the side hustle, like, I mean, I'm, and I'll just look to myself here, like thinking, oh, okay, I love this so much. I'm going to stay up till three, four in the morning, get no sleep, and then have to go be on during my day job. I, you know, I, and I guess that's just an observation, but yeah. you know, when, when, when I, <laughs> when I see people struggling and I think, wow, the, the level of commitment that I see you bring to it, Jeremy, you know, I see you bring to your music when you're out there in the sun, when you're doing stuff that I don't see other people doing, um, you know, to me, that's inspiring, you know, that, that gets me fired up and excited. And and I love your line that, you know, you've got to love it so much that it doesn't matter if you fail. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, like I was saying that that you know going to work the next morning after getting home at after three in three. Sorry. Getting back at three in the morning after playing three sets, you know, driving three hours and having to go to work at eight in the morning is, like I said, it's not the blood, sweat and tears part. And but a lot of people would think that it is. And um, and a lot of people would see that as like if those three sets didn't go well, that's a that's a fail. And then I'm having to go to work at eight in the morning and it feels like I just wasted my weekend. Um, that's that's kind of where it is like if failure failure matters that is a tough pill to swallow uh you know if uh if i failed and i went into to work the next day that's hard to it's hard to constantly get past that and you were mentioning your wife too like if you're out in the sun for eight hours or going through you know manure on christmas morning if that matters to you then it's just it's going to be really difficult to keep going past that every time. So what advice would you give to people who, you know, are kind of at that? Gee, do I, do I want to make the leap? How do I keep going? Because I'm doing all the stuff, but it doesn't feel like I'm getting any traction. Yeah. Um, really, um, I would say this. I would say every, everything that you do is a, is a pebble that you're putting in your collection. Um, I heard it kind of spoken that way that like every time you go and you get a new fan or you get a couple new fans, it's like, just imagine that you're collecting pebbles and putting them in your pocket. Right. And just everything is a pebble and it's hard when you do a ton of work to get a pebble. Um, just like it's hard to go to the gym and work out for an entire hour or 30 minutes, get your sweat on. And feel like it's really made any sort of difference towards your overall goal. And it's kind of the same way with even putting savings. Uh, if you want to say it that way, like if you're just starting out savings and you're like, well, I'm going to save $5 a week and four weeks have gone by, that's just a long time. And most people's brain, I think a month of working hard to put that $5 in every week, at the end of the month, you have ten, uh, $20, right? And that's... Uh, doesn't feel like much so i would say just stick to the process stick to the uh the program and just watch it grow over time and every time you start to feel like it's not really going anywhere or it's not making a difference try to instead of thinking back a month think back a year and really think about like what you've accomplished since then it's i've I don't do this. I should do this because it would help me immensely. Um, but I've heard that having like an accomplishment or achievements journal um, is really great. Just something where you're tracking like every time you reach a milestone or every time you've got some sort of success. That way, when you go back and you look at, oh, man, this isn't going anywhere. But you go back in your journal. It's you know May, June right now. And you go back in your journal to January and you see all of the things that have happened that you've accomplished from your hard work since January. And you're like, oh, okay, it's actually going really, really well. Uh, but today it just doesn't feel like that. I was feeling like that yesterday. Yesterday I was like, man, I'm not just I'm feeling like I'm getting stagnant. I'm feeling like I'm not going anywhere. And I was feeling all this doubt. And I told my wife this and she was 
Uh, I'm also very fortunate to have a supportive wife. I would suggest that as well. <laughs> um, uh, but she was like, no, you're doing great. And she just, you know, fired me back up and helped me realize that, you know, all of this stuff is happening. I'm working hard. And every day that I do that, I'm an inch closer to my goals. And um, that's just, that's, that's that. It's just, you just got to keep reminding yourself of how successful you actually are in contrasts to what you feel like your reality is today because it's really easy to see the negatives first in fact i think that our our brains are almost conditioned to see the negatives first in today's age especially um but it thinking positively is is a workout in and of itself and it's conditioning it's mental conditioning to constantly be reminding yourself i'm doing great and constantly be reminding yourself i am a professional musician and dressing like the part that you want before you have the part um constantly for basically ever until it happens so what i mean i i wrote like five things down five takeaways from just your answer to the last question um <laughs> This has been fantastic. You know, the idea of collecting pebbles, the idea of the, the achievements journal, the you know, reminding yourself how far you've come, reminding yourself that no, you have been successful. Um, just that inch closer to goals. Every day is you know one step closer, and, and then you know even the the idea of thinking that thinking positively is a workout in itself. Um, you know, we're, we're told to think positively, but we're never told that, oh yeah. And it's kind of hard sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I, I love this. I know we're going to want to get you on for, for a part two here. Cause there's just so much to dig into that. We're just scratching the surface on, you know, if, if you had an ask of people in the, in the community, like where, where are you feeling stuck that you would just love some advice on? I think right now where I'm feeling stuck um, is it's uh, difficult to be where we are, where we've got, we've got a good base of people that we are connecting with, um, but constantly making content for, for them is difficult um, because that can take up a lot of time, but then also coming up with new new ways to meet new people outside of what we're already doing um, and kind of experimenting with what might be more efficient. And so maybe it's just like an organization issue, um, but trying to like stay organized, but also keep your mind fresh and ready to think of new ideas is kind of where I'm starting to feel a little bit stuck. It's starting to kind of feel like I'm in I'm in the monotony right here where I'm doing well with what I've got, but I feel like I can't also make new things and go out and do new things. And so when I'm doing one or the other, it kind of seems like one's failing. So maybe that's just like an organizational problem. I need to just like wake up 10 minutes earlier, drink some coffee and think of some new, some new ideas before I get into the monotony. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm feeling it. All right, cool. Well, we'll definitely ask folks about that. So we're, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, been great having you on, Jeremy. Dan would say so as well, except he's having technical issues right now and uh, has not been able to hear the last five minutes of our conversation. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so he'll go back through and listen to it. And one of the things I know is that um, I know Dan's got a ton of stuff to 
to share that, um, you know, echoes what you're going through. A lot of the content he's put out there, you know, mirrors wh where you're at. But I also know that many of the things that you say are helpful to, to Dan, helpful to myself, helpful to other members of the community, because that's what we're going through, that that persists, that follow, keep following the dream, even when, it, when it's hard and the dream is going to be hard. If you're the sort of person who is always looking to surround yourself with champion grade awesomeness, like that last interview Brock and I shared with you, go to edgy.life and join us. That's www.edgy.life. Take your personal and professional game, your life, to that next level of awesomeness. See you there. <laughs>